0: First, because Kay is delightful company, and second, because she chanced to find on my doorstep a UPS delivery of an electric blanket I'd ordered. I thought her arrival was providential. Besides, my pondering had reached the state where it was going in circles. I was starting to wonder if I was kidding myself. Did the South as such even exist anymore? I happily set aside my work and offered her a glass of wine. So, she said, settling in. That afternoon she'd gone to the most interesting museum exhibit. Oh, and by the way, she'd bumped into a mutual friend of ours there, a man who comes from the small town in Tennessee where Kay herself comes from. Yes, and who should he have with him but another Tennessean? A woman Kay used to know as a girl who, in fact, was somehow related to her and who was also related to so-and-so on both sides of the family and who promptly reminded her of the time such-and-such had happened, the oddest thing, wait till I heard, and who could quote to her word for word all these years later just what everybody in town had had to say about it. Well, I realized that Southerners don't have a monopoly on sprawling family trees and shared pasts, but what perked up my ears was Kay's narrative style, the run-on stream of associations, the dream-like interweaving of the past with the present. "'and the fondness for verbatim he said, she said, "'reported with such dead-to-rights mimicry of inflection "'that the speakers come alive before the listener's eyes. "'Tell me,' I asked Kay, "'did she believe that a person, even today, "'could be quintessentially Southern?' "'She said, "'I've lived up north for thirty-five years, "'and I still think I'm just visiting.' And now, the first story in this collection, The Host by Marcia Guthridge, narrated by Tom Stekshulte and Julia Gibson.
1: I've never understood about fishing and buffalo stomachs. I admit it freely, I am no cannibal. But there are connections between me and the world. I'm not a cog, I'm a bolt. People who know me find me reasonable, neither gluttonous nor profligate. It's only my wife who thinks I devour without permission and askew what I should eat. Only yesterday, for example, just back from vacation, I was driving across the city. The water glittering in the lake on one side of me. Skyscraping apartment buildings glittering on the other side. Box air on the G-string on the radio. I soared. The road was newly paved and the high places were long, the dips so smooth and quick the nose of my little car never turned down, just fell for a second vertically and rose again, me with it. Two birds pumped upward in the distance, and then a perfectly proportioned curve in the road, a classical Grecian curve, turned me to see an airplane, barely moving, opposite the birds but on the same slant, heading down for the airport I'd just left, the plane disappeared behind a building, and when I saw it again, a trick of the sun, I guess, had it sinking straight down now, no slant, falling lazily like a parachute, like me in my little car when the beautiful road dipped. I knew my place.
2: Even the shells are bleached white here on my seashore. The Gulf of Mexico is so light a gray that the sun above it can blur it nearly to white. Directly across the same gulf, on the edge of Florida, where we went one spring on vacation because he likes color and baseball, the water is altogether different, blue. There are lots of palm trees and sea oats among clumps of long-bladed humid green grass, sea grapes with flat round red leaves, mossy pine trees, and a sky hectic with birds. Such birds, blue herons and egrets with necks as slim and wavy as the sea oat stalks, and shockingly yellow beaks, greedy mud-colored pelicans flap-elbowing each other off the crowded fishing piers. The sun is red and sweet, unreal. The shells are striped and glossy. I found one that looked like the hide of a green zebra with one perfect straight orange line up the middle, as if painted on with a fine Japanese brush. So after we went to Florida that one spring because he wanted to, after I'd spent the whole week comparing where we were to where I'd rather be, the shore of my childhood summers, the resort of my adult dreams, he said he'd see this beach of beaches. Let's go to Texas. We'll take a few days off at the end of August. I want to see this place. He said it on the plane going home from Florida. Immediately I blanched innerly, like one of my Texas shells, like a brittle white sand dollar with a secret rattling in its closed chambers. But I said it was a nice idea. Indeed it was. And I said to myself that sensing danger would help me to avoid it. I knew he wouldn't like Port Aransas. I knew to him it would seem primitive and brutal— I knew to me it would seem primitive and brutal now, except it was inside me, in the way places are inside creatures, like creatures are inside places, like mountains are inside mountain goats, like mollusks are inside shells. I knew he was not my brother, or my father, or even my cousin. He was my husband, and I knew that would be a problem." Blood bonds to places, and everything there is is layered and surrounded. I thought I was ready. He would be my guest. But I did not foresee the argument about murdering fish. How could anyone foresee such a thing? We flew into Corpus Christi and drove the short distance to the tip of Padre Island in a rented Buick. Already this was wrong— When I was a child, my family strapped plastic buckets and rubber floats and beer coolers atop the car and drove down from central Texas where we lived. We crossed from the mainland on the car ferry, so the water snuck right up under us, car and all, first thing. Every year we took the same vacation. My uncle's family, too. All 11 of us stayed in one cabin, One pair of grown-ups slept in the bedroom and the other pair in the sitting room, which was the same as the kitchen. Until my little sister and my youngest cousin grew up a little, they slept in the sitting room, too, on a pallet made of beach towels on the sandy floor. The older kids got to sleep on the screened porch, on salt-smelling mattresses that felt as if they were stuffed with ancient oyster shells. We tossed and twitched on our crunchy beds gingerly because of our sunburns. We giggled softly late into the night and listened to the roar of trucks on the main island road a hundred yards away. And sometimes, as the trucks glided onto the Corpus Christi Highway, we imagined we heard the gulf waves whispering among the tall wheels. Every morning, we packed the two cars full of food and Coca-Cola and beer and drove to the beach about a mile away. Sometimes the cars were so full of stuff, we older kids were allowed to ride sitting on the doors, our legs inside, and the rest of us out. You drive, still do, your car right up to the water, and then you could sit on top of it, stare at the gulf, and pretend to be a pirate or a renowned fisherperson scouting schools. The car glinted in the sun and heated up like a roasting pan with you on it. We made sand animals. We buried each other. We'd dig a deep hole and put somebody in it, then smooth a mound of sand around his shoulders till it was a perfect dune with a head on it. And finally, the buried kid's muscles went crampy, and he'd burst from the white earth like a white-hot rock from a volcano. We floated for hours at a time in the steamy salt water to boil for a while instead of roast. The grown-ups fished in the surf, We recognized the end of the day by how red our skin was, not by the color or position of the sun, which stayed high and strong till dusk when it changed momentarily from white to yellow and popped suddenly into the water while no one was watching. When we were red enough, we packed the cars and drove back to our cabin. My mother and aunt cleaned vegetables. My father and uncle cleaned fish. It was the children's job to take the laundry to the laundromat without dragging the towels through the